Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. This is episode 52, dedicated to a man that sweat through his sports coat during his Hall of Fame speech, Mr. Ray Lewis. And as always, thank you for listening and downloading to another episode of the podcast. On today's episode, we started a two-part series to close out 2019. Today, part one, was three of the most memorable segments in the podcast short lifespan to kind of recap things that happened in 2019. Part two will be Monday, three different segments for different guests that we've had on the podcast. The podcast will start at May 12th, 2019. So things like Clemson winning the national championship with the beatdown that they get that they gave to Alabama, Tiger Woods winning the Masters in April after the Final Four. Those things were not up for the running to be in the most memorable segment. Because the podcast was not a thing at that time. Three different segments that I chose for today. Number one, or one of them being Andrew Luck's sudden retirement. The portion that I chose, and I did four segments on Andrew Luck retiring. The one that I chose for today to recap the year was my personal fan thoughts of Andrew Luck retiring. The last segment I did on his retirement... I took about 10 minutes to just kind of get my own personal thoughts as a Colts fan out there about how I felt, how I viewed Andrew Luck's retirement. So you get a little bit portion of that. Me as a fan, lifelong Colts fan, you get some of that to recap the year. Maybe one of, if not the biggest stories of the year, probably one of the most shocking stories of the year, Andrew Luck retiring at the age of 30 when his team was projected to be a Super Bowl contender this year. Another one, Antonio Brown and his antics. I literally waited till the very last minute to talk about Antonio Brown and the way that he was acting. He kind of gave me no choice with how he was acting in Oakland, and then he ended up getting cut in Oakland, going to Foxborough, being a Patriot, and then getting cut from them as well. Well, the portion that I chose for this Antonio Brown segment was him being cut twice in two weeks after he got cut in Foxborough. Antonio Brown is a man that needs a lot of help. Even the things that we're seeing now on social media, uh, the video he put out there on social media, one of his recent tweets that he put out there, the man needs help. I'm not just saying that because I disagree with uh, a lot of things that he does. No, I literally mean this. Mentally, the man needs help, a lot of help. I don't know if anybody listening to this is able to get to him, but if you are, if you have people that are around him that can help him, just the man needs help. He literally needs help. And it's not, it's not a joking matter. Yes, we joke about things that he has done, but mentally he is not all the way there. The man desperately needs help. And then last but not least, Kyrie Irving's debut in Brooklyn. Maybe one of my most favorite segments that I have done um, so far in the in the short lifespan of the podcast. Just the way that the, his debut, the way that not just how he played on the court, but the what that day meant to him and who he was playing for. Kyrie went off. Kyrie was hooping. And that thing right there, you look at the box score. Yeah, Kyrie Irving had 50 points, but the box score doesn't always tell the entire story of that particular game. Yes, it can't say, oh, Draymond Green for a great example, 10, 11, and 10. 10 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, triple-double. Great. He was like, Draymond Green did, had a great game. But there's so much more that Draymond Green did than just going 10, 11, and 10. That's normally when Draymond Green with the Warriors are healthy, those Warriors runs. Draymond Green was well doing what? Doing a lot of the intangibles that don't come up in the stat sheet. Jameis Winston this season. 
If you look at his passing yards, Jameis Winston is leading the NFL in passing yards this year. You will say, oh, man, Jameis Winston, you're an all-pro. No, Jameis Winston is also a turnover machine. So if you look at a stat sheet, look at it, and you can just look at part, a part of it, like, oh, man, that dude's great. He's amazing. Ultimately, no. Jameis Winston, turnover machine. Uh, Draymond Green, a lot of things that he did did not show up in the stat sheet. Kyrie Irving, his debut in Brooklyn was one to remember. We're going to be taking trips from we're going to start in Foxborough, then go to Indianapolis, and then go to Brooklyn to kind of recap things that happened in 2019. Yep, he's gone. Antonio Brown has definitely left. You know what? He didn't leave under his own free will. No, no, he was forced out. Yep, yep, he is. He is completely out. Yes, Antonio Brown is out of the NFL. The Patriots, after just eleven days, have said, "Hey, man, we have we have had enough of you. Your lot, your antics. You being the individual that you are. Yeah, you're gone. Bye, bye. Hit the road, Jack, and we don't want you to come back. No more. No more. No more." No more. No, no, you're gone. You're gone. Bye. Yes, you are gone. Antonio Brown is away from the Patriots. He is cut. How many times? Who have you? Who can you remember that you have known that has been cut by two teams? Yes, two teams in less than two weeks. No, two teams in two weeks. Who do you think? Who can you remember that was cut by two teams in two weeks? Who do you know has been fired by two jobs in two weeks? Yeah. How, how does that sound? Two jobs in two weeks. We see it as a team. We see it as an we see an athlete playing for a team, playing a child's game. No, 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 no. I'll update it. I'll update it for you. He was cut by two teams in two weeks. That sounds very idiotic. That sounds crazy. Well, Antonio Brown did this to himself. And honestly, he's updated it for us. He's upset with Robert Kraft. He's upset with what's going on. But no, 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 no. It gets me better. He has said that he is done with the NFL. Well, the last time he said he was going to retire due to something that happened in the NFL, a helmet, what happened? Antonio Brown did not retire. He was cut. So this time he's cut. Now he's saying he's done with the NFL. He's saying he's out to get his. Honestly, I think it's because he went from getting 30, 30 million guaranteed to, oh, well, $9 million guaranteed to, well, only making him $158,000. Well, he's saying, well, in my contract, there's guaranteed money. Yes, there is. There's also moral clauses that are in that contract, sir. With the Raiders, you never even played one game. You never even played one game, a regular season game. Yes, a practice game is a practice game. Those don't count. You have not played a regular season game. So, no, you didn't get paid from them. The moral clause there was helping the team. All of a sudden, you go to New England. You play one game. One game game and they have already said up oh, you're done we're done with you we don't want you anymore bye bye a b now you said you may say why why is antonio brown gone well there's more dirt that came out about him more things that characterize him as an individual now antonio brown the individual is not the kind of person that i would want to be around if what people are saying if, if none of these stories are actually made up i don't want to be around an individual like antonio brown no i don't he's a person that if I'm going to, I would not want to do business with, I would not want to, uh, I, I will help him, I don't want to help anybody, but I don't want to do business with the man, I would not want to lend someone that I know to him, recommend someone that I know to him to provide a service, no, 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 not at all, I don't want that at all, why? Because after the stories that I have read that have come out 
one after another, after another, after another, after another. It always it goes back to, and it reminds us, and it kind of clarifies and confirms what Ryan Clark of ESPN has said about Antonio Brown and talked about how money is going to change this man. Yes, money has changed him in a drastic, drastic, drastic way. There was a time, I believe it was a practice in 2012, when A.B. was on the Steelers. And A.B. Um, was on offense. Dick LeBeau was running the defense. Um, something happened where he got hit. Antonio Brown got hit during practice. Okay, bro, you're wearing shoulder pads. You're wearing a helmet. Getting hit. It's part of football. We, as a fan, I like collisions. I like I like uh, uh, people getting hit hard. I, I like it a lot. The wide receiver goes over the middle for a slant. Linebacker safety pops him. I like it. I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. I mean, it's, it's just, just the way it is. Well, Dick LeBeau and the, uh, and the defense there, they did something. A.B. didn't like it. A.B. yelled at Dick LeBeau. Don't touch me. I'm the franchise now. Sir, you're a young guy. You haven't been in the league five years. Yes, you just got your first uh, extension, your first, I uh, want to say, contract extension. But now all of a sudden you're saying you're going from being just that guy that got drafted, not you have money, you're the franchise. Well, let me remind you of something. There's a guy named Big Ben Roethlisberger that's on your team. He is the franchise. He is a Super Bowl winner. With you on the team, you haven't even gotten to a Super Bowl, really no playoff runs, no. So all of a sudden you're going to go from uh, a receiver to the franchise when there's a guy that's there before you that has done way more than you have ever done in your career, more than you will do do in your career let's just say that for some reason somebody comes up and signs you again because there are still teams for some reason that want to bring him back into the NFL let's say that there's someone there that wants to bring him back well you bring him back you bring him back uh, to a team he's going to be the same individual that has, been, that has done the same thing on everything he's been on. He's been a distraction. He's uh, been a bad teammate in Oakland he was he, he threatened his he threatened his general manager he threatened his boss who threatens their boss and expects to keep their job? Oh, I know who. Antonio Brown. So instead of saying he wanted to be here, he wanted to be a team player, he wanted to be this, he wanted to be that. No, he he said he wanted to be released. They released him. It was a, it was in the best interest of everyone involved for Antonio Brown to no longer be a part of the Oakland Raiders. So you go to New England, he still carries that I'm the franchise mantra, I'm the franchise, that that motto. He still has that same I'm the franchise mindset. Hadn't been on the team very long at all. No matter what team it is, Oakland or New England, now he can't go to New England and bring that same motto, bring that same mindset. Why? Bill Belichick ain't going Bill Belichick's not gonna not gonna have time, not gonna spend much time caring about you, caring about anything that you've done. Um, Bill Belichick has a system. Tom Brady's a part of that system. You do what Bill Belichick says. Even Tom Brady does what Bill Belichick says. If Bill, if Bill says, hey, this week we're going to run the ball a lot, Tom Brady takes a back seat, does what Bill says, hands the ball off to whoever so that they win. Now, if Bill, if Bill says we're going to throw the ball a lot to X, Y, or Z, and that's not, I'm not saying receivers at that receiver positions at that time. I'm saying literally X, Y, or Z, whoever it may be, we're going to throw it to that person. Then Brady does what? Brady goes, he goes, and he follows the game plan every single week. Well, if AB comes in and says, hey, I'm the franchise. Uh, I'm going to be uh, calling the shots here. Uh, you throw the ball to me when I want the ball. <laughs> Let's be honest now. That's comical. You want to go to New England and do what you did and do what you did in Pittsburgh and do what you were planning on doing in Oakland. That's not going to happen. So Antonio Brown, his issues have come up to the forefront. A few weeks ago, I was listening to Bomani Jones and his podcast, The Right Time with Bomani Jones. 
the right time with Bomani Jones podcast. And he made a comment talking about Antonio Brown saying, I don't believe this is the least, this is the last time we're going to hear news about Antonio Brown. Well, I don't believe that what we have heard is the last of it. I think the Patriots um, didn't, didn't know what was going to happen with Antonio Brown, what baggage, what was going to come, what future lawsuit was, was right around the corner. Basically when they signed him, they signed him. They heard about the first sexual allegation, you hear about the sexual mis- misconduct. And then all of these people, that not just Antonio Brown didn't pay, but the way that he treated them, they said, hey, man, there's, more, there's too much stuff wrong with this guy. I think the last guy that they actually cut due to some stuff that was going on legally off the field was who? Uh, oh, my goodness. Aaron Hernandez. We all remember how that happened. Unfortunately, he took his life. The Patriots, Tom Brady cheated, deflated footballs. They kept him. Robert Kraft, of course, he's the owner, so there's there's certain things that go on there. Um, but he had his thing about trying to get a happy ending uh, with the mas- at a massage parlor. He's still there. Uh, Julian Edelman, PEDs, he's still there. Um, what what else is it? Patrick Chung, what was it? Another a drug? Uh, he's still there. Uh, they keep people. They keep players that, I mean, they, they found a way for these guys that have issues to keep them there. They find a way for them to mold, to mold them on their team. They find a way for all this. To, oh, might I forget? Josh Gordon, a guy that has a bit that is addicted to weed so bad that he, that he can't put it down to play a game that he loves, to play a, to play a child's game. So you know what? The, the Patriots said, hey, man, we understand you got these issues. We're going to bring you in so that you can help us win. And you know what? I've We have heard nothing about Josh Gordon since he's been there. But in the less than two weeks since A.B. has been there, we've heard more about him than we have about Josh Gordon. And George Gordon, Josh Gordon has been there for a longer period of time. Josh Gordon doesn't seem like a bad teammate. He seems like a guy that's addicted to weed. I mean, I understand. I, I work with people that are the same way. Not calling them out, but I get it. It's an addiction. We get addicted to a lot of things that, well, it's, they're hard to put. they're hard to put down. It's a part of life. Addictions are a part of life, unfortunately. And it would be nice, it would be helpful if there are people in our lives or just we will find a way to put things down so that we can uh, get things that we want. Josh Gordon, apparently, he's getting on the right track, staying on the right track. Antonio Brown has never, has never tried or started to get on the right track. Antonio Brown, all about himself, more of the narcissistic uh, behavior that he has. Uh, it's a behavior that has gone and taken over our entire country. There was, there, there's probably somebody you know that can be classified as a narcissist. I don't like using the word. I don't like describing somebody that way because it has a negative connotation, which the word is a has, and that's what it is. If I'm describe, describing you as a narcissist, you're not someone that's prob- that he would probably want to do business with. Why? Because it's all about you. And Antonio Brown the same way. Antonio Brown, oh, sexual, we're talking about some of the issues that Antonio Brown brought to New England. Well, all of his paths started coming up at the same time. Well, you know, if one thing comes up and one piece of dirt comes up, there's bound to be more information that comes up with him as well. Oh, the sexual, mis- the sexual harassment with a young lady at his house, and he walks up at fr- right behind her, um... With no clothes on, bro. Come on, man. You got a guest in your house. You don't know. Put some clothes on, man. You put some decency. Wait, 
doesn't think. He's not thinking right now. He's not using his brain properly. So he's just doing whatever he feels uh, uh, makes him comfortable. Not makes her comfortable. Makes him comfortable. He wants to be uh, do. He wants to do whatever he wants. That's what he did. Well, the young lady's painting a picture that he requested of her to paint in his home for decoration. What does he do? He walks up behind her with uh, no clothes on. He has a washcloth or a face towel, whatever you want to call it, and he's that 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 towel is covering his private area. Very uncomfortable. Now, the lady had said that she had known Antonia Brown to have uh, that type of behavior with women. But when it came to her, uh, she was uh, uh, not she she had she knew how he was. So she just kind of pushed it off, didn't act or didn't fall for his temptation, kept kept going and then left. Now, at the same time, she asked him to, to pay the seven hundred dollars that he owed an auction for a painting that he bought. He actually, he actually trumped the bid while he was at this auction. The first bid was $450. He upped it to $700. What did he do? Didn't pay it. Oh, there's more things that came out of Antonio Brown to describe the individual that he is. There's a doctor. He employed a doctor to help do some business with him. He needed him to help with uh, creating, creating a diet and a supplement program for him. Um, he was also Antonio Brown's on-call wellness coach. I mean, this guy, you... you all things fitness, all things health. He was there to help him out. Antonio Brown owes this man $11,500 for the verbal com the verbal monetary commitment that they agreed upon. What does Antonio Brown do? Not pay. Actually, the first time that they showed up to a, that they had a meeting, Antonio Brown showed up three hours late and it was actually farting in the, in the man's face while the man is actually trying to help him out with his body to see how much body fat is there on him right at that time. Oh, another guy, Antonio Brown, not really caring about anybody else. Uh, Antonio Brown's speed trainer that he worked with earlier this summer. Uh, he's suing Antonio Brown for $7,200 for alleged unpaid wages. And that's as of August the 1st of this year. So you mean to tell me you you owe a painter? You owe, no, you owe an auction. You owe a doctor. You owe uh, a trainer. Now, what else is there? A car detailer, bro, come on. These are your regular everyday guys, regular everyday men and women. These are people that are just like your uh, regular people that are providing a service for you, and the least you could do is to pay them. Now, it doesn't matter if you pay millions or not. If someone does something for you and you owe them money, what do you do? You you pay them. Now, I'm not I'm just saying this is common sense. I thought that's just common sense stuff, but apparently it's not. Antonio Brown lives under uh, different rules. Now, a car detailer, uh, he owes, uh, he actually paid $16,000 of expenses that Antonio Brown was supposed to pay, but the car detailer had to pay it out of his own personal credit card because Antonio Brown never paid him the money. Personal, personal car detailer. Come on now, guys. Come on. You get the gist. I mean, there's more. Uh, there's a chef that, well, not, no, not the chef. Excuse me. Different story. I'm not going to talk about that one. There is actually, we all have heard about this probably. Antonio Brown bought an aquarium, 220, 220-gallon tank to be exact, and it, was, and it had piranhas in it. So now you think a guy, money, piranhas, large tank, cool, whatever, big deal. Not a big deal. It's, it's good. Well, what happened was there's one night somebody got a phone call. Uh, the, guy that installed, the guy that installed said aquarium got a phone call saying, hey, man, there's something weird going on right now. You need to come over here and check this out. Well, Antonio Brown, between the between June 2018 and December of 2018, didn't really take care of it, didn't care for, didn't feed the fish, didn't clean the tank, nothing. What happened? 
the guy went into the uh, the guy went in to Brown's home and saw that it was disgusting. The tank was covered in algae due to in a, in a tent, in no one no one paying attention to the tank, and there was a horrible odor of dead and rotting piranha. What did Antonio Brown do? Well, Antonio Brown was advised by the individual, who I'm not naming names on purpose, just at the last time I talked about Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown was advised by this individual to discontinue the tank and pay the more than $2,000 Antonio Brown owed. What did Antonio Brown do? He, he stopped, discontinued the tank, didn't pay the money. And there's there's more stories. Trust me, I'm not going to bore you or go through everything Antonio Brown has done. But I think what happened in New England, New England had realized that there's too much stuff going on with this guy, this athlete, no matter what. Yes, yes, Antonio Brown had the trajectory to be a Hall of Famer at some point. If he kept playing at this level, he had the chance to be a Hall of Famer. Now, if his behavior didn't change, he was on the road to be kind of like a Terrell Owens a guy that had the stats was Hall of Fame caliber athlete, wide receiver, but he's his dealings with people may keep him out from being a first ballot and so on and so forth. But I think Bill Belichick made the right decision um, getting him out of there. Now, I can't say what they know, um, if more stuff will come out or not. I don't know. I'm not going to be the first to tell you. I'm not even saying that he is guilty of uh, the allegations that are out there, especially the sexual allegations that are out there. But what I can tell you was that when there when when dirt comes out there's usually more the more information that comes out about you and if you're an individual that's in the situation such as Antonio Brown you never know how things are going to come and hit you and honestly Bill could have seen I say Bill first name Bill could have seen Bill Belichick could have seen that Antonio Brown the legal side of what's going on is going to be so bad so crazy that it was best for them to depart uh, part ways with him at this point in time I hate it for an athlete that's going to be that is cut from a team. I don't want anyone to ever be cut, but I do believe there is a time that teams and their legal staff understand and they see, hey, there's so much legal stuff going on. We don't want to be a part of this man when it's when when uh, the rubber meets the road. I think it's time for us to part ways now. I get it, man. You want you want your thirty million, you lost it. You want your nine million, you lost it. Now all you got is one hundred fifty-eight thousand dollars, one uh one game check because well your behavior, the way you acted as a human being got in front of your boss and your boss said, Hey, we don't want you around here at all. Bye. If you don't play, if you don't want to play in the NFL anymore, Hey, be our guest. Not a big deal. No one's going to, no one's going to lose sleep over it. But I think the best thing Antonio Brown needs to do right now is get someone in his life to consult with him, to get his head on straight. There are so many mentors, wide receiver mentors out there, uh, hall of fame mentors out there that would be, that would love to help Antonio Brown. Now, I don't think the willingness is going to be the – I don't think they're not going to be willing to help. I think Antonio Brown may be apprehensive for trying to get help because his head is so big. Sometimes when you're this deep, you don't want to talk to anybody because realizing how far away you are, how crazy you are, is to, is a tough pill to swallow. Hey, Antonio Brown, bruh, you need help. The Patriots made a decision. I wonder what they're going to do about losing Demarius Thomas. They're going to keep winning because they have a pretty easy schedule coming up. But maybe they there may be a time they need one more wide receiver. Who else will they get? Hopefully they don't go out and get someone that is as crazy, that is wild, that has done that has dealings such as an Antonio Brown. We're going to continue the Andrew Luck retirement talk and look at it from a different perspective. The fan perspective. And I have not I have done my best to try to not be a fan. 
throughout any length of time throughout this podcast, throughout any episode, throughout any segment. I've done my best to keep it um, neutral, not be, not throw any biases out there, but just be, oh, come at it from just different points of views, any topic from different points of views, and to come at it with a good, clean observation. Nothing too crazy, but just be real with it. Just be real. And for the next few moments, I'm going to be real. You may hear some um, uh, fan statements, things like that. But it's just going to be me. Just me, my emotion, my thoughts, what happened, and how I think the Colts are going to go as a fan in the future. Saturday evening, I was watching the Miami and Florida game, and I was watching it. Um, I looked forward to that game all day. Started watching the game that day at work, and then ended up going, uh, going, getting off work, going straight home, and then watching the rest of the game. So I thought the game was on. Uh, the game was on from beginning to, from the time I got home to the end. But about the middle of the third quarter, when Adam Schefter sent out that tweet, honestly, my focus was off the game for the most part. I went on Twitter, third quarter, was just looking up to see what people are saying about the game, um, different different things like that, different tweets, different stuff that I, I may have a tweet coming up. Then all of a sudden, scrolling down, I saw something come from Shefty. And I, I saw Andrew Luck, so my ears, my eyes kind of got, got big. I, got, I didn't put my glasses on, but I wish I did, just to make sure I read it very, very clearly. Because what I read was him talking about Andrew Luck retiring. I said, nah, bro. Nah, bro. This ain't real. No, no, no. No, this is not real at all. <laughs> but it was. It definitely, it most definitely was. That tweet was only out for two minutes when I saw it. So I quote, quote, quote tweeted that thing and said, wait, what? In all caps. Shock. In awe. Didn't want to believe it. Didn't want to believe what I just read, what I just saw. So some more people, some guys I went to high school with, they did the same thing. Quote tweeted, quote tweeted it, and in all caps. <laughs> I mean, showing emotion, like you're yelling at somebody. What's going on, man? Uh, is, it, is this real? Is what you're telling me real, Shefty? Well, it was. And man, let me tell you, for the next, oh, probably 10 minutes, <laughs> Twitter was going crazy. Not about that football game going on Saturday night in Orlando. No, no, no. We were going crazy because Andrew Luck was gone. The quarterback that we thought was going to come back week one or play early in the year for us to have a chance with the Super Bowl, he is gone. Oh, my gosh, man. I was going crazy. Call my dad. Hey, dad, check this out. Of course, my dad doesn't really, doesn't really um, doesn't get the updates like I do. So, that, so I said, hey, dad, Andrew Luck retired. He said, hey, what? What happened? He said, hey, dad, Andrew Luck is gone. So my dad, and I had, my dad and I had a short conversation. And that my brother is in Cabo. My brother, when he's on vacation, he doesn't contact me about anything. He sent me a FaceTime call. I'm thinking, man, what you calling me for? You are there with your girl. Have fun. No, 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 not, not this time. Gave me that FaceTime call. Hey, man, is this real? Hey, did you see that? I said, yeah, man, he gone. He, he is gone. He said, wait, what? He's gone? Yeah, Andrew Luck is gone. And then we start talking about um, Brissette being the backup. Um, start talking about who else is going to be there. For some reason, as Colts fans, we view, we, we, look, we look at it this way. Andrew Luck was quarterback one, QB two. We always viewed it as Jacoby Brissett. We skipped right over Phillip Walker and went right to Chad Kelly. Oh, Chad Kelly going to be that Thurston quarterback. We know Chad Kelly because he's a problem child. Some people don't even know that he went to Ole Miss or he went to um, that Juco that was on last chance U. Most people don't even know Chad Kelly for that. They know him for being a problem child, and he got an arm. <laughs> yes, he does. Chad Kelly has an arm. So, yeah, man, so my brother talked about Chad Kelly, and then I said, oh, yeah, Chad Kelly went to that JUCO. He went to the JUCO, and then he ended up going to Ole Miss. Now he's in the league. 
No one really even thinks about Chad Kelly being suspended for the first two games for, for breaking rules. No. They say Chad Kelly got an arm. He's a third-string quarterback. Let's not forget, folks, he's trying to get a spot on the team. He's trying to be up, beat out Phillip Walker. So right now, we got we got Brissett. We got Phillip Walker. We got Chad Kelly. Right now, Chad Kelly basically has a roster spot now with Andrew Luck being gone. And as I'm saying Andrew Luck being gone in my head, I still feel like I am being punked. Like I am the focus of, or we, or Colts fans are the focus of an episode on punked, where Ashton Kutcher is going to come out at some point. Could be a week, could be right before week one, uh, the first game of the season, as the Colts play the Chargers and say, hey, I got y'all. Y'all are punked. Y'all thought Andrew Luck was gone. But no, no, no. Andrew Luck is going to be right here, suited up number 12, going to L.A. to beat the Chargers. That's what, I, that's what I'm waiting for. That's what I'm waiting for. Sunday morning, I woke up for it. I'm sure Monday morning, I wake up for it. I'm sure Tuesday, Wednesday, at some point, people will think, hey, man, we are getting punked. This can't be real. Our quarterback can't be gone at the ripe age of what? 29 years old. 29 years old. Our quarterback is gone. I mean, gosh, man, Peyton Manning, he was hurt, but he kept, I mean, he was hurt, didn't think he was going to keep playing anymore, didn't know if he could throw the ball anymore to what we do. We didn't even give a chance. We let him go. Bob Sanders, who, who we? Y'all remember, y'all remember Bob Sanders, right? Oh, yes, Bob Sanders back in those early 2000s, two-time pro bowler, two-time first-team all-pro, deep player of the year in, in 2007, and what, Super Bowl champion? I mean, gosh, you remember Bob Sanders throughout that time in his career when he was on the Colts? Especially that year we won the Super Bowl. Bob Sanders came in, man. He was hurt throughout that year. Came back and the defense was 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 hitting hard. Why? Because Bob was back on the field. You ain't even see Bob Sanders. You said Bob was on the field. And Bob did his thing. He would hit you low. He would hit you hard. I think it was, oh, I think it was uh, that, that play. I think it was Cedric Benson in the Super Bowl. He came down, bit that ball, um, came down hard um, to stop the run and forced to fumble that game. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I mean, the Colts have had injury issues before, but what's happened? We've always bounced back from it. But, guys, when we have guys of this caliber, Bob Sanders, we lost Bob Sanders. Our safeties weren't the same. I mean, I mean when Edger James hit towards ACL, and then a few years later, the Colts got rid of him. Running that, what, Joseph Adai was cool, but Joseph Adai wasn't the same with no Andrew Edger and James. Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning gets hurt. Uh, what happens with him? Uh, we let go of Andrew, we get, let go of him, and... Andrew Luck ain't no Peyton Manning, y'all. As good as 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 good as hype as Andrew Luck was, he ain't no Peyton Manning. He's not Peyton Manning at all. And then we got Andrew Luck, man. I get it. I get it, man. Grixon didn't do you right. Grixon didn't do you right at all. He put scrubs on the offensive line. Basically, got guys from off the street off the couch. And hey, man, come play. Come block for our for for our star quarterback. They said, hey, man, it's Andrew Luck, man. He's, he's a one-of-a-kind one talent, one-of-a-kind. Man, you want to you take him, take me off my couch with my Cheetos to go in here and block for him? That's basically what he did. Pat McAfee. We all know Pat McAfee going to be a commentator on ESPN. Pat McAfee for a little bit. Uh, he, he ended his career because the gloves of the game was gone. He got tired, and he couldn't trust the people in charge, one being Ryan Grigson. Chris Ballard comes around, Frank Wright comes around. Things started to get a little bit better for the team organizationally. But what happens is Andrew Blug is still on Andrew Luck. And we all believe Andrew Luck being young, he can be that guy to take us to the promised land. Why? Because at some point, the injuries have to leave his body. He's going to have the love for the game once again. And he's going to take us to the promised land. But what's happening now? Andrew Luck is gone at 29 years old. No, I'm not mad at him. I'm not mad at him at all. As a, as a fan of the Colts, as a guy that's been looking, that's, that's watched the Colts for some time, I'm not mad at him. He has a family. 
He has a family. He, he, he just got married and his wife's about to have a baby. He has a family that he's, that he's watching. Come on, man. Let, 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 the, let the man live his life. If he, if he wants to leave now, let him leave. The only reason we were upset, people were confused when, when Barry Sanders left was what? Barry Sanders was healthy and loved in the tank. He said, I'm done. He said, I'm done playing. He was gone. Calvin Johnson, what was up with him? He left early. Did people complain? Yeah, I mean, we didn't. We don't fully understand it, but he left. Patrick Willis decided that at 30 years old, his time was right. Rob Gronkowski, some people thought he should have retired two or three years ago. At 20, 26, 27 years old, but what? He kept on playing. No one's really upset that he's gone. We get it. He had the injury bug. But with Andrew Luck, we think Andrew Luck's a little bit different. He's Mr. Invincible. He's going to, he's going to come back from anything. Nah, man. At some point with these injuries, if I'm in Andrew Luck's shoes, I would want to leave too. Why? Rehab, rehab. I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to rehab 12 months a year, bro. No, no, no. Mm-mm. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to do all of that. Uh-uh. No, no, no. I'm trying to just be a, be a regular, be a regular Joe, have fun, and then just live life. And Andrew Luck feels like this is the way for him to live life. As an indie sports fan, I'm going to close with this. There were times that we have those remember when moments. Remember when, remember when the Pacers got in that brawl? I sure do. When the Pacers got in that brawl against the Pistons, I was at my first house when I lived on 5230 North Dean Street, right across the street from Brook Park Elementary School. Oh, yeah, I remember I was in the basement watching a, a high school football game, of all things. Warren Central was playing somebody in the state tournament. I switched from that. I went, I went right to uh, ESPN. What did I see? I saw Ben Wallace get into it on the baseline, push Ron Artest. Ron Artest laying, laying on the scores table. And then Ron Artest ultimately gets hit with beer, uh, a cup of beer, and the rest is history. I remember where I was. Oh, remember when, it, when Paul George hurt his leg? Remember, remember that? I sure do. I was at my I, my parents ended up moving from one house to another. Uh, I was I was at their house for uh, for some reason at that time. I forget why. It was just a few years ago. Um, and Andrew and and, and uh, I get my names mixed up. Excuse me. Paul George uh, hurt his leg at Team USA. Man, I I think at that point when I when I saw that I got up and walked away. Like I I was not like I walked away and didn't watch the game anymore. I went back watched the game still. But I'm like man, this is crazy, man. I I don't like watching this. I don't like watching I don't like watching this at all. But man, I remember where I was for that. And then, and, this, and then this Andrew Luck injury. I will remember where I was as an Indiana sports fan when Andrew Luck, when I realized Andrew Luck retired, when he retired from the game that he once loved. Sitting on my couch, third quarter, week zero, first game of the 2019 college football season, Miami versus Florida. I look on Twitter two minutes in, two minutes after the tweet is put up. And Andrew Luck has decided to hang up his cleats. Hey, man, as a Colts fan, I love watching you play. And a lot of people here gave you hate, gave you uh, didn't, didn't like your play. They said you, were, said you weren't as good as what people said. But, hey, man, I will take you over a lot of quarterbacks in this league. Why? Because you're a competitor. You came in. You worked hard. You worked your butt off every single day in the gym, on the field. didn't matter. You worked, you worked hard. And as a Colts fan, I am glad we drafted you, number one. I am glad we had you. We have you. We had you. I wish the injury bug didn't hit you. But trust me, we, the things could have been a lot worse than they were. I'm glad as a Colts fan we had you. And I will miss seeing you wear number 12 on the field at Lucas Oil Stadium. Yeah, Kyrie went off. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> Kyrie went off. You know what that also means? The NBA season is already started. Yes, I know I haven't really had much uh, NBA talk just yet. I know on Thursday, didn't do much NBA. But let me tell you, NBA, the NBA is back. And NBA basketball is what? fan Fantastic. If you missed Wednesday's game, which I trust me, I know most of us did. It's on the Yes Network, which is a regional thing up there in New York in the Brooklyn area. A lot of you're like me. You don't live up there. You probably missed it. You're stuck to watching highlights via YouTube or maybe, you know, uh, another way to get the game, which I, I haven't heard about. I would love to find out so I can watch some of these games and watch a former uh, Indiana native, Mr. Michael Grady, uh, while he's working up there for the Brooklyn Nets now. I would love to watch that. But man. It's so nice to come home and watch basketball. Yeah, like I told you before, football season, I love football more than basketball. But those Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday nights, they get kind of blah, kind of boring, kind of dull without basketball. So last Tuesday, we had a doubleheader on TNT. On Wednesday, you had uh, some games on ESPN. Thursday, you had a doubleheader on TNT. I think it was some games on ESPN on Friday. I, I'm sure I know it was games on ESPN on Friday because uh, the, the, I think it was the Lakers played again or the Clippers played again. One of the two, yeah. Clippers played again Thursday. Lakers played again Friday. Basketball's back. But you know what? Kyrie Irving, didn't it just seem like he was at home? He was comfortable, more in his comfort zone while you were watching those highlights if you didn't watch the game while it was live. Didn't it just seem like Kyrie Irving was more relaxed, more just himself, not the individual that we saw in Boston. Yeah, he, he was happy in Cleveland, but he looks more comfortable with his role right now in Brooklyn. So comfortable that he put up a 50-burger, a 50-bomb. Whatever, whatever word you want to use to describe it, he put up 50 points in a debut with his with the new team. That's the most points in a, in a debut with the new team ever. I got a list here. I got, I got the top one, two, three, four. I got the top six. I got third. Uh, someone's gonna list them off to you. Um, three people scored 37 points in the debut with their new team. One was uh, Orlando Woodridge in 1990, Charles Barkley with the Phoenix Suns in 1992, and James Harden with the Houston Rockets in 2012. And Wilt Chamberlain's debut with the Philadelphia Warriors. Yes, Philadelphia, not Golden State. He scored 43 points in 1959. Kiki Vandeweghe. Yeah, there's yes, there's a guy named Kiki. Uh, if you think about him, yes, he, the Kiki Vandeweghe, he was a hooper, scored 47 points with his debut with the Portland Trailblazers in 1984, and Kyrie Irving put up 50 points in his Brooklyn Nets debut this past Wednesday. One nice thing about that game, one nice thing about that whole uh, entire day was that it was the anniversary, the one-year anniversary of Kyrie Irving's grandpa passing away. And if you've ever lost a loved one, if you've ever lost someone, maybe it wasn't family, or it was someone that was really, 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 really close to you, you know exactly how hard it is the following days, following months. Then that one-year mark hits, it hits you, it hits you hard. It hits you very hard. A lot of people put posts on social media, Put it, uh, putting their emotions and their thoughts and their emotions out uh, out there on social media, whatever the app may be, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Don't, doesn't matter what it is. People put their thoughts out there in remembrance of that person that they miss. Well, for Kyrie Irving, instead of just putting his thoughts out there on a social media outlet, social media platform, 
He decided to display and just go off on the court. But it was more than just that to him. Kyrie, Kyrie Irving's grandpa, grandpa, grandpa was very, very important, uh, not just in him, but also just in his upbringing, his life. Uh, he helped mold and shape Kyrie Irving's dad because Kyrie Irving's mom passed away when Kyrie Irving was young, which led his dad to help raise him. His dad to raise not only Kyrie Irving, but his sister. So Kyrie Irving had a couple main figures in his life. Wasn't his mother who passed away. It was his dad and his grandpa, Mr. George Larson. And um, let me tell you, if you saw Kyrie after the game in his post-game press conference, post-game questions with Mr. Michael Grady, you saw the sheer emotion, the passion, uh, the celebration, you may want to say, that Kyrie wanted to put on for his grandfather that day. That day was hard. I mean, you know how it is. You have a big test. You have a big day. It's already hard enough. Uh, a big game. You're, there's so much on your mind. The preparation. Uh, if, if it's a sport at a certain level, there's film study. There's uh, going over the playbook going over the specifics for your next opponent. Well, for Kyrie, it wasn't so much about the next opponent. He's back home with family and friends where he feels more comfortable, where he said he wanted to find some inner peace uh, of being there back in Brooklyn. He's not just with family. He's there with a new team. So there's a new culture, a new environment. There's new teammates, new coaches, new voices in his ear, a new practice facility, a new place, a new place that he's that he's playing every single night. Now, granted, it's basketball. I get it. The basketball is the same. Uh, the, the the stadium, uh, the course, the same length, the same width. That's all the same, but it's all new environment. So getting used to your new environment takes time. So not only that, it's the one-year anniversary of Kyrie Irving and his grandfather passing away. Kyrie Irving had these comments after the game about how it was with his debut of with this new team and with his grandfather's passing on his mind. Yesterday, this th these comments came the day after the the game the game Wednesday night so these came on Thursday yesterday was a little harder than this just telling just talking to my grandmother talking to my dad talking to my sister just had to make a choice just to be happy out there my grandfather would only want it that way he was my biggest my biggest fan over when he was in Washington and he was definitely in there tonight I felt him and I know he's going to be with me the whole entire journey of this season and moving forward Kyrie Irving's death kind of helped him put basketball in his in its place and helped him realize help him kind of come to the realization that basketball is a game but basketball is also irrelevant kind of crazy that those words are coming out of his mouth and also out of my mouth but it's true we're watching human beings play a child's game at a very high level Every single week. We watch them for our entertainment. They're doing it for their occupation and for a paycheck. And they're fortunate to be to have an occupation that they can be very that they can have a chance to be very wealthy out off of. And they can make a lot of money, not just from their teams, but the endorsements and the uh advantages and opportunities that come to them because of the sports that they play. But there's a life outside of basketball. I mean, I'm sitting here watching the Chiefs and the Packers right now. And I, I guarantee after this game, every single person that is on the field is going to go home to a family. 
Now, granted, you could be single, you could go home to yourself, but there's life outside that you have a mom, you have a you have a dad, hopefully both parents are still alive. You you may have brothers and sisters. Some of these athletes may have children, they may have uh, a girlfriend or or even or a wife. There's so much more that goes into sports than just what we watch. Yeah, for our entertainment, this is great. Chiefs, Chiefs and Packers, great game to watch, good game to watch. It's close currently 31-24 in the fourth quarter. But certainly, at this game's over, everyone's life goes on, and there's a portion of their life period, there's a portion of time where they escape, they get away. Win or lose, you get away from the game and enjoy time with the individuals that are closest to you. Oh, man, and I can just think about Kyrie Irving and him losing his, his grandfather. I lost my grandma, I believe it was 2013. I was living, I was actually living in Arkansas, from late 2012 to late 2013, moved back to Indiana in 2013, and I've been out of, out of Indiana for quite some time. I was not around my grandma very, very much. Now, growing up, grandma's house was grandma's house. That was a place you went every year for Thanksgiving. And let me tell you, my brother will say the same thing. If my parents had plans to go somewhere else other than grandma's house for Thanksgiving, we had something to say about it. Every single time. Now, granted, your kids, you may not, we, we probably didn't understand, but it was just tradition to us. Grandma's house is grandma's house, and that's the spot for Thanksgiving. If you want to go somewhere for Easter, we're cool. If you want to go somewhere for uh, uh, Christmas, we're cool. But for Thanksgiving, you go to grandma's house. Grandma, do, for me, I look forward to grandma's broccoli, grandma's rolls. Man, I miss them things. Grandma, I wish you were still here making them things for me. Man, that stuff's good. I'm getting chills right now just thinking about it. But, man, grandma, grandma's house, you, you walk in there on Thanksgiving Day, there's food everywhere. Uh, later on, towards the end of her life, my cousin Joe had a... Uh, I had a barbecue spot, so he would he would actually bring barbecue wings. My cut my uh, aunt Jackie, her husband, would actually bring um the um oh the fried turkey. So we would have that as well. We had the whole spread, and it was a good old time. Well, grandma go passing away. Grandma had been sick, but I hadn't been here for quite a while. So grandma getting sick, grandma leaving, grandma not being there it was kind of different. And then when grandma passed away, I'm thinking, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, stop. So next year for Thanksgiving, what are we gonna do? Because, I mean, we can go back to Grandma's house. And my cousin Tasha was already living with Grandma for the latter years, I think 10-plus years, uh, towards the end of Grandma's life because Grandma needed someone there assisting her and taking care of her and helping her, making sure things were going well with the house. Well, now Tasha lives there. My cousin Tasha's not in the house. But in my mind, the way I look at it, no, I don't care who lives there. I don't care if Tasha moves out and somebody else moves in. And that's so-and-so. No, 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 no. Time out, time out. I was a time out. Hold on. No, 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 no. No, no, no. That right there, that house, I don't care who lives in there. That's grandma's house. Grandma ain't been here in quite some time. If I go back to Fort Wayne and you start driving around, that's grandma's house. That will always be grandma's house. There's a special place with your grandparents, your uh, your parents, no matter who it is. There are special people in your life, and they hold a special place, and you remember them for something or where they were. And that's the same way here for Kyrie Irving. All those emotions waking up, man. This is this the day that my grandfather passed away, man. So many emotions in his head. Pre-game warm, a pre-game meal, man. Grandpa, this for you, this for you. All of a sudden, you get in that pre-game shower. You get your uniform on, uniform on. Get your warm-ups. Grandpa's always on his mind. And then Kyrie got on that court and remembered what Grandpa wanted him to do 
for that at that very moment. Ball, ball out. And that's exactly what Kyrie Irving did. I went back looking at some highlights, looking at some clips from the game. Kyrie, I already mentioned once, but Kyrie looked more, more comfortable than normal. I mean, for, for this to be a debut on a new team where you're already an established figure in the uh, in the association, you, you, I mean, so, yeah, you, you, you expect some good things from him. But 50 points of the new team where you're kind of looked at as the leader? Yeah, Spencer did when he was there last year, but he's not the leader. He's not your go-to guy. DeAndre Jordan is there, but he's never been a go-to guy, a newcomer for the team. The best player on the team is actually Kevin Durant, who is what? A newcomer. He's also hurt out for the season. So now you've got Kyrie Irving, point guard, running the show. Hey, man, I know you're new here. I know, it's a, I know it's a new environment for you. I know you played here a few times throughout your career, but we need you to make this your home now. <laughs> you're here. And actually, the Brooklyn Nets, the Brooklyn did, they had Kyrie come out before the game and introduce himself and welcome the fans and welcome them to the new season and, and show them, talk to them about the expectations for the new season. So Kyrie's like, man, new place. Grandpa's gone, one-year anniversary, what am I going to do? Ball out. That's what he did. And you go back, look at those clips. Kyrie was in his bag the entire night. Took Jeff Teague off dribble. I think his first buckle did a, a series of dribble moves on the left side of the court. Uh, dribbled uh, to the right elbow on uh, the paint. Took Jeff Teague off dribble. Bucket. Squared up. Bucket. Back and forth the whole time, using the uh, using his dribbles like only he can do, putting the English off the backboard like only he can do, uh, using his utilizing his godfather to the best of his abilities. With his godfather being Rod Strickland, former NBA player, some of the best handles, some of the best moves, was able to get to the basket. Seems seems like whenever he wanted to, a la very Kyrie Irving esque. When I told someone uh, last year, I was like, man, Kyrie Irving looks a lot like Rod Strickland. I said, oh, man, if Rod Strickland had a big part in that man's life, that could be why. But Kyrie, the entire night, 50 points. He went uh, 17 for 33 from the field. I think the most alarming line, alarming number that I saw from Kyrie that night, his plus minus was, eight, was plus 18. For a guy that, that people say, oh, man, he's a selfish guy. Oh, he's this, he's that. He was beneficial to be on the court with this team. He also added in eight rebounds, seven assists, zero turnovers. Yes, zero turnovers. But let me tell you, that's not the most alarming thing about the game. The Nets had the chance to win the game. They put the ball less than 10 seconds in Kyrie Irving's hand. He pulled off a move from NBA Street Volume 2 going back some years with via video game, you video game nerds and guys like myself. Pulled off a move from India, NBA Street Volume 2, squared up, and just missed a shot. People, you may knock Kyrie Irving for missing the shot, but nine times out of ten, if he squares up like that, Kyrie Irving is going to make that shot brooklyn you have a baller you have a guy on your hands you can count on when the game is when the game is in the balance i sure hope you're you get used to it Kyrie, i'm not really normally your biggest fan but you're slowly you may have a chance to win me over if you keep playing like this for those brooklyn nets i sure hope you enjoyed that as much as i did thinking back about 2019 and some of the things that happened we had the raptors win the nba finals over the warriors the warriors had a couple tragic and devastating injuries that happened in that series which kind of propelled the Raptors to winning even though the Raptors played out of their minds uh Fred Van Bleet uh people not Kyle Lowry but he played very well in that in that series 
Of course, you got Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam doing their thing, Serge Ibaka, uh, Nick Nurse winning his first NBA championship. I mean, that was one of the best stories. But you can't forget Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, what he has accomplished, what what it, what it, what he went through to get to this point in his life, to get back into golf, to get back to the level that he can actually win a major, especially being the Masters, that's amazing. I sure hope. That's one play I'm keeping my eyes on for 2020, hoping that he can uh, have some more success like he had in 2019. We have a couple picks for you to end the, this show. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday's bowl games, the ones that I'm picking. I'll give you Monday and Tuesday's bowl games on Monday's episode. And then, of course, we got four NFL games on Sunday to pick as well. On Thursday night, we have the Independence Bowl, Miami over Louisiana Tech. And let me tell you, the Miami Hurricanes desperately need this win. Imagine this, going 6-6. Six and six, and then possibly going six and seven, the first time going six and seven, having a losing record in decades, literally decades. Nobody thought the Miami Hurricanes football program would fall to this level. This is not where they should be, and I hope this is not where they stay for the foreseeable future. Manny Diaz, you very well could be just like Willie Taggart and get fired just in your second season at the program. I don't like co- programs or or, or, or uh, professional teams that fire people that quickly, but I can understand why if they do it. Willie Taggart wasn't the man in Tallahassee, and man, let me tell you, the man right now, Coral Gables, Manny Diaz, he doesn't seem like he could be that guy either. Imagine losing this game to Louisiana Tech in the bowl game and recruits saying, "Hey, I don't want to play at Miami. I want to go to any I go to, I want to go somewhere else." The hotbed that is Miami football, high school football, the hotbed that is down there in South Florida with the great talent that they have. Miami Hurricanes, baby, y'all need this bad, really, really bad. I would hate, well, I would love it. I mean, the Bosa boys are down there from Fort Lauderdale, but I would love it. Uh, if, if I would love it if more of those guys down there would come up to Ohio State, come to Columbus and play for Ryan Day. But I think for the program's sake, you desperately, desperately, desperately need this win. In the pinstripe bowl, we got Michigan State over Wake Forest. In the Texas Bowl, I got Oklahoma State over Texas A&M. In the Holiday Bowl, I have Iowa over USC. On Saturday, I have Oklahoma over no, excuse me, no wrong, wrong team now. I have LSU over Oklahoma, over Oklahoma in the Peach Bowl, in the Fiesta Bowl. I have Ohio State over Clemson in the Cotton Bowl. I have Penn State over Memphis in the Camping World Bowl. I have Notre Dame over Iowa State on Sunday. I have the Chiefs over the Chargers. I have the Saints over the Panthers. The Vikings over the Bears. Kirk Cousins, Vikings fans, be glad this game is not on Monday Night Football or in prime time. Then also, in Sunday night to close out the year, I have the 49ers over the Seahawks. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Underscore J25. Once again, that is at Dr. Underscore J-A-Y, the number two and the number five. Remember to always subscribe, rate, and review. It's a great way for people to search for the podcast to listen to to come across this one. Then remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth. The things that we enjoy in life, we are more willing and somewhat wired to tell other people about. So no matter if this was your first episode or if you have been listening since episode one, be sure that people know about the podcast. This has been episode 52 of the JC Ones Podcast. I'll see you next time. Peace.